so many people, so many times when you're in those conversations, if somebody right away is able to like come back with something, they weren't really ever listening to what you were saying. Yeah. They were rehearsing what the answer that they were going to give to you. If you're able to truly listen without any sort of agenda and you're listening to where someone's coming from, they're going to give you their side of an argument clearly. And if you believe in empathy, right, and if mm -hmm. you believe in, in compassion, you believe in understanding, to me it makes me that much better in what, I, what I'm going to be persuading if mm -hmm. I understand where you're coming from. Welcome back to the Willpower Podcast. Today, you're in for a treat. We have Renee Rodriguez on the podcast with us, who is a uh, teacher for the Amplify Your Influence class mastermind. Uh, January 22nd of 2022, I actually flew down to Fort Lauderdale to take this class. Has completely changed my life changed my business, has really taught me how to be able to share my story with people and and be able to connect with more people by being more human-like. Today, um, we asked him a couple questions of kind of how he got to where he is today, and I can't wait for you to hear these answers. Renee, thank you so much, man, for uh, coming on as a guest on my kind of surprise podcast that just come, came out of nowhere. Um, I met you in Vegas, uh, which this is, this is where we're at today. Um, one year to the day, though. One right? year to, to the day. Well, we met in Vegas in August, but I came to Amplify um, one year to the day today in Fort Lauderdale. You do these, um, I'll let you explain a little bit as well, too. Uh, these events, these masterminds, I like to call them with you know, a small group of people, which the big event that you had in Vegas, um, that, I mean, sold me. Like, I was just like honed in. I was like, this is something that I could get a lot out of. But then the the book is something else, but then the the the, the Amplify Live, it's just completely out of this world. But I appreciate you coming on, and I'm excited to you know spend a few minutes chatting. So for somebody that hasn't heard heard your name, how would you, what would you want them to know about you? Oh, uh, <laughs> what would I want them to know? To me, I guess it's part of the conversation. Uh, I think messages always determined are determined by the audience, right? Yeah. So what's relevant to them if 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 they're in Leadership. I'm somebody that's you know, it's my background's behavioral neuroscience, and I look at things from a science perspective, but more over on the applied side. So, how do you apply the latest findings in neuroscience based on behavior to help you become a better leader, to become a better salesperson, to become more influential? And I'm not talking about social media influence, even though that's a piece of it, but really just be more influential, sharing an idea that people will act upon. And so, I I'm a keynote speaker. I'm an author and. Uh, for some, I help some organizations manage change at a broad scale as well. Yeah, I, the, you know, people ask me whenever it's a little bit complex uh, to explain to people whenever you know I'm like, hey, I'm heading to these uh, Amplify Life again for the second <laughs> time, and they're like, what, like, what did you get out of it? And uh, to be able to try to communicate that to people, I said, not only has it made me a better communicator, but it's made me a better speaker. It's made me a better. Um, just honestly more of a human mm. because I met you in August of, of 2021 and then I did the class in January of 2022 a year to date and I I mean I feel like I'm a completely different person because of it just because uh, I mean you've heard my story and I I carried on this persona that like of like hey like this is who I am now but but People relate to people, and that's kind of what you pull out of it. Um, you you have the saying like you know let you speak with your heart, and and it sounds kind of like cliche, but it's just so powerful. So how long have you been have you been doing those classes for? 
this course close to 15 years. But 15 we, years. Yeah, but we, we did it mostly private. And so it was in organizations, leadership teams. And then I got to say it's four years ago or five years ago, uh, we decided to try opening it up to let the public come. So individuals come to it. And so it's, it's relatively new from an open perspective, but we've been doing it a long time. So whenever you were doing it private, like how many people were, were in the classes? Seven or eight. We kept it okay. small, really intimate. So the guy that, um, and remind me his name, the guy that did the forward for your, for your book. Dr. Al Ringlib. So he talks about being in the class, you know, being, you know, uh, kind of the, the, the tables were turned on him. He, he was in your class. How, was that like one of your very, very first ones or where you had already been doing it for no, a while? No, so what he was referring to is I went to one of his classes. Yeah, at first. And, but yeah, th- and I went to one of his classes. And he, so he's a co-founder of the Neuro Leadership Institute and he's also the president of a, a business school in Italy. And so he's a brilliant, brilliant, um, gosh, human scientist, uh, big into neuroscience and the connect- collection of that, but really helping leaders become better, <coughs> just become better leaders. Mm-hmm. And so his course is based on, you know, you wear this heart rate monitor. Uh, it's like a $30,000 apparatus that measures heart rate variability. Really, it's your stress response. And they spend three days putting you, me and 17 other executives. I'm talking about, you know, Ernst & Young and Cargill and 3M, big, big companies and putting us through massively stressful, intensely stressful situations, watching how it affects our stress and then teaching us ways to get out of it. And so the thought process being that leadership, if you can't manage the stress response, you can't lead. And so that's the same in performance. Navy SEALs have to go through that same kind of training. Uh, People getting ready for the NFL combine, right? You know, prepare for maximum elite performance and all that sort of stuff. And so then about four years later, five years later, he went through Amplify, and so that's what he was talking about, sort of the, the switching of the roles. When he went through Amplify, was that like your early years doing it, or had you already been doing it for uh, a while? About two years ago. Oh, it, it was. Yeah. About, oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know it was that that recent. I yeah. thought it was maybe one of the like OGs back in. No, no, he was he's he's uh, um, Arjun was one of the OGs, by the way. Really? Yeah, yeah he went through in like 2011. And has Neil gone through it too? Uh, no, he hasn't. No, but he's, he gives you a lot of kudos for. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you know, you were a speaker at his mastermind back once again in Vegas mm-hmm. uh, just a few months back, and he talks about that before. You know, you helped him out, coach him. We do. Stuff. We, we. I mean, he he's helped me with so many things, and you know, I try to help him too. And uh, he's he's kind of figured out his own way to do things, but he definitely should come because I think he's yeah. better. Yeah, I think uh, somebody like him. It's, it's, I guess like him and like you as well too, everybody's brain is wired a little different as well. But I mean, he's had, you know, private conversations with me that he, you've, you've helped him out a lot uh, from the many engagements, uh, uh, speaking engagements that he's had now in the last yeah. couple of years. So um, what, what, one of the things I was curious about and uh, is, and I remember last year, you know, I get up there, everybody gets up there, and then you're ready to get coached, but it's like, okay, hey, you know, I remember you telling me, like, take a, take a breather, you know, all this stuff. What, what are some of the people out there, whether in business or wherever you've met them or, or just seen them speak, that you really admire the way that they communicate? You know, right now, I, I absolutely love listening to Dr. Jordan Peterson. <clears throat> and I was listening to him years ago before he was just popular. Yeah. He... I liked him because he was, he's, uh, he's an academic, he's a theologian, he's a psychologist, and he challenges all three of those disciplines and, and, and mixes them. And, but he has a, a really clear way of communicating. And his big secret is that 
he is extremely careful with the words that he uses, and so he thinks before he speaks. And he knows that, you know, one, he's very studied, so the guy's one of the, I think, one of the smartest people on the planet right now, and across all disciplines and, and topics, but he's also very careful in how he speaks. And he's also, he's respectful in how he does it. He's passionate, but he doesn't mind the passion when it's back to him. And so I really resonate with in terms of how he does it, how he structures it. And uh, so, yeah, I think he's, he's incredible. Yeah, that's one of the things that I really learned from taking the last class is uh, I remember yeah, I was the one that was picked to do the toast at the very beginning of the, of the uh, uh, when we started you the dinner. Tonight, I want yeah. And, and one of the things that I, like just clicked for me during the whole experience was just like most people that I see is anytime that you're about to speak, you rehearse it in your, mm -hmm. in your head. And that, that's what throws so many people off. Totally. And yeah. I remember you telling me there's such a power in a pause. And then I kind of dove a little bit deeper on it. And, and I heard somebody else say, um, maybe in a podcast or something, they said, if you're having a conversation like uh, uh, Dr. Peterson does, you know, they're like heated conversations, but they're not really heated because of the way that he speaks. Yeah. But he, he talks about, uh, or the podcast that I was listening to talked about how so many people, so many times when you're in those conversations, if somebody right away is able to like come back with something, they weren't really ever listening to what you were saying. Yeah. They were rehearsing what the answer that they were going to give to you. So I, I've heard him speak and, you know, I, I admire him as well. And I think that that's one of the things that he's able to do to where he's able to truly analyze what you're saying and then also think of what he's going to say. But yeah. I don't, I feel like he does it in a faster way. And I mean, I guess it's just because of, I mean, he's just. It's, it's practice. It's like anything. Yeah. It's like, and if you, if you can listen, I think we're talking about the art of listening. And this applies to any business, any business situation, a relationship, whether you're in sales, you're working with a customer, customer service, you name it, uh, coaching someone. And if you're able to truly listen without any sort of agenda and you're listening to where someone's coming from, they're going to give you their side of an argument clearly. And if you believe in empathy, right, and if mm -hmm. you believe in, in compassion, you believe in understanding, to me it makes me that much better in what, I, what I'm going to be persuading if mm -hmm. I understand where you're coming from. And so the only way I understand it is by listening. And there's nothing, I lose nothing by just waiting and processing where you're coming from. And in sales, you need to listen to the customer because mm -hmm. they'll tell you exactly why, why they will buy. They'll tell you why they won't buy. They'll tell you what is important to them. It's not. And they'll also tell you if this is a fit or not, right? So that we can be of integrity and walk away in those few times that maybe it's not a fit. Yeah. But taking a moment to truly listen, setting aside the agenda, it's also the, the foundation of creating a connection with somebody, building trust with someone. But we get so caught up with the stressful moment of we need to be able to add something. We need to be able to, to, to communicate what it is that we're thinking, and we lose sight of the connection. And I remember my early on in my career, I was always told, Renee, think, think about building a career not making a sale. And making a sale is highly stressful. I gotta close the deal and get you to this point A to point B as quickly as I can. And anything that gets in the way is just a distraction to keep going. Versus building a career might mean that I, I might not close the deal right now because it might not be a right fit. But if I can add value in the conversation, you'll remember me, you'll refer me, you'll come back to me. When I call, you'll answer. And if I need something in the future, so the network grew. My network is way more powerful, way more powerful than closing a deal. And so, you know, you look at, I, I use that with executives in transition. There's so many executives in transition that that's when I, I reach out. I offer them free coaching, uh, advice anytime they need it, 
open doors, working with my network because no one else is doing that. They're, they're not on a team anymore, so everyone kind of leaves them alone, so they're not stuck. And to me, one, I know what that's been like, so it sucks. Two, a good player, a good executive, a good leader is going to be working again somewhere. And to me, those are the times that you show up. It's like showing up for a friend when they're moving. Yeah. Right? Nobody shows up when you're moving. But if you really want to love somebody, show up when they're moving. Take a few boxes. Bring some coffee. Yeah. Do something, man. No, I, what I really loved, and you mentioned in your book, um, you give a, a, a perfect, like, script pretty much um, whenever somebody says, what's your current rate right now, mm -hmm. right, as a loan officer to a client? And you constantly go on defense mode of, like, what do I need to say to make sure that I don't lose the sell? But if your intention, if you don't really have an ulterior motive and your motive is to like, yeah. I just want to help this person and I, I want to give them the advice that I have, it takes you to a different, to, to a different level of trust <clears throat> and you're able to help them while still winning the sell. And you're right. I mean, there's many people that, I mean, we had a, a a client that we were helping and and she wanted to she, she ended up having to go with another lender because um, they were given the incentives through that builder but out of that because we kept helping yeah. her she sent like three people over to us because she, people can see like when yeah. you're, you're being genuine even if you didn't close the deal you still got the referrals yeah and I think that's what you're talking about as well so what is your rate are you um, are you wanting a quoted rate or a locked rate <laughs> Great question. You got it. that's good right and so now try it. So with, with that with that question, because a lot of loan officers are listening, but watch the tone difference and try it this way. So ask me. What's your current rate right now? Uh, awesome. Are you looking for a quoted rate or, or locked rate? And you notice the, the brightness. Yeah. And so the brightness and the tone shows there's no defense, and it almost shows an eagerness to answer your question. And they're usually caught off guard with another question, which is actually the right question, and you're educating at the same time because they're most likely going to say, quoted rate or locked rate? And, and then... As they're thinking, ask the next question. Uh, sorry, I, I'm so sorry. Are you, are you familiar with the difference? And you already know, most likely, they're not. And yeah. then, so then by the bright voice and the open posture and the smile, you make it safe for them to say, you know, actually, I don't. I said, awesome. So and then you mind if I ask another question? I'm assuming three questions that you look for a rate that you can actually calculate a payment from. Is, is that right? And so now I'm really digging to make sure I really answer, I get to understand what your need is. And they're going to go, yeah. I said, awesome. That's actually a, a locked rate. And so a locked rate, we can't do right now. Nobody can do right now. But a quoted rate is any rate that anybody can tell you. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can call it around. Everybody can quote a rate. But unfortunately, rates change every day, sometimes every hour. Yeah. And so right now, for me to quote a rate, we have to go through a process to actually get to the place to lock the rate. There's a time period, depending on how fast you, you move, to get that. And that rate may change. And I'll tell you, one of the things that's most important to me is that we start off on a relationship where I can keep my promises. And so... Um, you see how that process, yeah, process yeah. works. But it, those three questions are important. Well, and that even just that, because not only is it in your book, but then you also asked me that question, the same exact question asked me that last out of 10 people that were there last year. And I went from a sense of panic anytime that somebody asked me that yeah. to a sense of just like peace because I'm just like... You almost couldn't wait. Yeah. We call it having a bullet in the chamber for that, right? So you, you want to create and take a look at all of your top objections or mm -hmm. top questions, the things that... That, that tend to throw you off or that derail the conversation, and you want to rehearse that. You want to be so versed in how to answer that question, how to have that conversation, that you cannot wait for someone to ask because you're ready to go. Yeah. It's, it's not scary anymore. And anybody who avoids the obvious, because most objections are predictable, mm -hmm. anybody who avoids this is, is just setting themselves up for failure. Yeah, and one of the things, too, that um, 
that I loved about the class and 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 that I, w I hope that so many people um, in this class that we take this weekend that they go and implement it and practice it because I remember last time we were in Vegas here um, I texted you a um, a response that I texted to somebody else and it had the the um, frame message tied down mm -hmm. and so many people try to overcomplicate it and they're yeah. like well I, I can never um, like Alfredo is a, is a uh, mutual friend of ours and he talks about the frame message tied down anytime he's about to uh, speak in front of people. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I do that anytime I'm like texting back a, a, a question that could, could tie in together that could be just so much more impactful um, or anytime that I'm just uh, sitting down with a potential referral partner. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that you, that, that you talked about that has really, really helped me is sitting down with let's say a real estate partner, referral partner, and not just being so focused on the ulterior motive of like, I wanna get your business, I wanna get your business, but it's just like, just being being yourself. I think you, t you talk about that in the book, uh, um, the uh, not all guy, n n what did you say, that not all the nice guy wins? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice guys don't, you know, the yeah. nice guys finish last. No. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And so it's, it's being able to uh, really, really, like not making it about like what you're trying to get out of, but just just uncovering that. So, how many uh, how many Amplify lives did you do last year? Thirty four. Thirty four, and that's not counting speaking engagements and everything. No, I spoke two hundred and thirty five days last year. Two hundred and thirty five days. Wow. So what? That means what? I had a, an engagement of some sort. Two hundred and thirty five days. So. That's insane. I, I don't. So what what do you do to kind of like a, as a stress reliever? Uh, to be able to kind of rest, really. So, it's an interesting question. Like I, I, you know, my wife even just telling me last night that uh, we were in a conversation. And she said that's one thing that she doesn't understand. I, I never get anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so now, do I feel stressed and do I have moments where you know heightened anxiety? But it's never long lasting. And to me, <clears throat> it sounds stupid, but learning how to breathe is a lifestyle, right? Knowing how you breathe through a situation being able to analyze what's going on and really get yourself there, but also a lot of practice being in stressful situations to get yourself out. Uh, I also stay really present because anxiety is about a future trip. Right? Mm -hmm. You're tripping out over something in the future. So if you stay really present right now, there's nothing to trip out, out about. Mm -hmm. you know, being in an interview, people are like, well, what are they going to ask me? That's, what are they going to ask me? It's a future thought. And then you start stressing out over that. It's like instead of just saying, I'm looking forward to seeing my friend Will. Right? Yeah. And he's going to ask me questions, and I'm just going to answer how I feel. If I need to think about it for a second, I will. But in terms of speaking that often, there's a few things for sure that I don't do. I don't drink. And one, I learned that years ago. One, you know, I, drinking takes me two to three days to recover. So if I'm speaking that often, I'm probably speaking the next day almost all the time. And so I can't do that to the client. I also charge a lot. So they expect the 100% yeah. Renee there. And so on the road, there's several rules. One, I don't eat in planes or airports because it's high salt, high fat, high sugar, and my body responds to that. And so then the other piece is drink a lot of water and work out, and then usually we fly our meals in. And so if I'm on the road, my wife will order meals, macros are all there, everything's there. And so if I, if I focus on good diet, we'll make sure I'm working out, my salt intake's low, and I try to get as much sleep, at least six hours. And I know it's, six is great for me. I, I would love to get eight. Yeah. Seven is probably the most I can get before I wake up. I'm trying to push that number out because it's even healthier. I'm not saying six is healthy, but making sure I get those pieces 
and it, I actually lost 40 pounds this last year doing that. Yeah, I know you mentioned that, um, which I've already even seen a huge difference. I mean, congrats on that. I think, uh, um, and congrats on getting married as well last Thanks. year. And uh, it, 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 from the sounds of it, is that your wife played a big part of it with the competition that she was she was doing as well too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. She, she when she she decided to enter a fitness competition, which meant I had to enter a fitness competition yeah. of my own. And, yeah. You know, and it's uh, she's a relentless athlete, most disciplined yeah. athlete I've ever met. Even her trainers were like, we've never seen anybody like this. And she is just in the most beautiful way, psychotic in the in the discipline that she has. And um, you know, being around that makes it easy. And of course, obviously, me also supporting her made it easier for her. So we we support each other through that process. So it sounds like all the things that make you um, not be kind of relax pretty much. You can do it while you're on the on, yeah, like I mean, in, I enjoy, in there and everything. I enjoy speaking. You know, like this is relaxing to me. You know, yeah. I'm having a great conversation on stuff I love. Like who wouldn't want to do that? Yeah. You know, the, like the, <laughs> the non-relaxing part is the camera angle is good. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. That's the st stuff that stresses me out. But it's, you know, other than that, you know, being with my kids, hanging out with my wife, um, good conversations with people, uh, reading and research. I, I love reading. I love research. I love doing our podcast. We've got, you know, there's, I mean, if, if you just enjoy it, it, it's there. But the other side, too, I think, too, is that, you know, as much as rest and recovery is important, I don't look for a, an easy life. That's not my goal. Yeah. I don't think easy is the goal. I don't think happiness is the goal. I think the goal is to maximize your talents in this world by being of use. Yeah. So for me, hard is good, right? It's, it's a good thing. What are some of like actual hobbies though that you have that, that you like to do? Well, I used to be a musician. I, I played congas for 20 some years. Okay. Yeah, Latin percussion. Should um, have been with uh, Alfredo and I in Miami and uh, Calle Ocho. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, was, I lived on Calle Yeah, Guayana, yeah. Okay, oh, well, well, I remember you told me you were in Miami, but where yeah. were you saying? Ninth Street. Okay. Ninth Street, yeah. So okay, like that's lived, awesome. That was my neighborhood. That's, how long have you, when did you meet Alfredo? Oh, man, we met 11, 14, 11, 14, oh, man, it might have been more than that, 14 years ago. And you guys met, what, in Texas? In Mexico. Oh, in Mexico. At a urinal. Stop. <laughs> I swear to God. Tell me the story. So we were, uh, I, had, I was hired by Gateway Mortgage oh, uh, okay, to okay. be their keynote speaker on a boat cruise. Okay. And I was there, and I saw him. He looked cool. And... Um, we were at, on a dolphin, swimming with dolphins excursion, and uh, we hadn't spoken. But I was like, oh, I look Mexican, so I was like, all right, you look cool, right? And then at a urine, I'm like, hey, man, uh, I think a few of us are going over here. And he's just looking straight, and he goes, cool. That's all I said. <laughs> and then we talked outside, and we just became really good friends. This was pre-five kids, right? Yeah. I'm so, it's crazy. Yeah. So uh, you, right before we started, you, you were kind of going in, because I, I was uh, – Zoned in and thought you only had one kid because mm -hmm. you, you you bring uh, him up your oldest one It's 22 and it remind me the age just said 16 and uh, 6 18 and 6 18 and 6 plus so, my wife which is uh, Three or she was a four five seven. So so the older ones 18 and 22 what? Uh, how did they view pretty much what you do? Um, they actually like it. I mean both of them have been through amplify they have yeah, my, my oldest is graduating in, with a, his degree in psychology. Okay. So he, he loves that. He's probably gonna do some different things with it. And my youngest is, or my, my other, so my 18-year-old, uh, he's going, he's in the School of Engineering, so, but they they love it. They, res they respect it, they, they think it's cool. Um, they think I'm cool now because of my uh, TikTok following. Okay. Yeah. Which, by the way, congrats on the, the personal brand uh, growth that you've had Thanks. in the last couple um, of, 
I, I don't know how, how long has TikTok been going. I know that your Instagram just kind of grew out of nowhere, blew up in a couple months. It, what, yeah, same, it's the same time, time frame. I think four and a half months with TikTok, 687,000. You know, I was thinking the other day, somebody asked me, because, I mean, in, in my local area where I'm from, like, you know, there's not very many people putting out content, right? Mm -hmm. There's still a lot of people that are very shy to be in front of the camera and everything. And somebody asked me, that they're, they're, they're like, what, what is it that drives you? And I really thought really deep, it, 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 kind of going back to like William before Amplify last year, I would have just said something like to help my business or something. Right. I wouldn't have an answer right away. But I really thought about it and I just said, man, you know, I, I feel that with the content that I'm putting out, I am influencing people that I will never get to physically meet. Absolutely. And that's what just drives me. Yeah. And I'm over here talking about finances. You're over there talking about like, stuff that's helping people well, finances is one of the biggest yeah. causes of divorce it's what makes life miserable when you don't have money i mean so but in the way you're doing it, it's fantastic yeah. I, mean, I think the 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 piece too what's helpful is when you start seeing the impact right so in seeing that okay people are watching this stuff and it's real oh okay so it, it's you feed off of the impact yeah and it gives you energy and people say why do you do that well, it's like it's energizing it gives you something. Yes. And so, like people say, how do you do it? It's like, well, when you see the faces and you see the stories come to life, and you see what's possible, that re-energizes you, and it just starts you over, and you want to keep going. Yeah, it's so motivating. Even just a message, like getting, you know, hey, thank you so much. Like I didn't know that you could do this. And um, going back to the Amplify Live as well too is we were talking about all the benefits of the uh, what you teach, but one of the things that I I wasn't really thinking of that I'm super, super excited about this time is the people that you're going to meet. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I actually got this from Alfredo. He says this all the time that like you never, you never, you haven't met people that you're going to love yet, yeah. you know? And last year, um, I remember I got super close with Brian uh, Covey and, yeah. and, and he has been a big mentor for the last year for mm -hmm. me. You know, I've gotten to see him a couple more times. And then also, if it wouldn't have been for Amplify, my personal brain wouldn't be where it's at right now because of him. He's the one that talked to me about Neil. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you remember, but I messaged you and I said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. You know this Neil guy? And you said, dude, I, tr I, I trust Neil with, with all my you know uh, social media stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do it. So I appreciate you for that. But mm -hmm. so many people that are out there listening that might, might kind of be in the fence. I mean, we know somebody that's going to be in this class that was on the fence back and forth. And I was just, you know, just being given honest feedback and yeah. I'm just like, there's so much more than what you even think that you're gonna get and it's just, you just have to be expectant. Surrounding yourself with good people and and then the crazy thing is is that these are all cliche things. Yeah. They're not new, right? Yeah. And they're things that we hear all the time. But I always say, Okay, so what are you doing with the cliches that you know? Are you implementing? Yeah. Right? So yeah, we know diet's good. What else? Well are you eating good? Well then it doesn't fucking matter if yeah. you know it. Right? Yeah. It doesn't matter if you can repeat it. What are you doing with it? And, Networking and surrounding yourself. You're the average of the five people you hang around with. Yeah. Okay, so then who are you hanging out with? Do a real inventory of yeah. who they are. And what are you doing to grow that network? How are you expanding that network? How are you growing it to the... And how are you helping other people? Yeah, it's... Um, it goes back to the cliche that it's um, knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And it's really not. Knowledge without action is it's just... Another cliche. Exactly. But it's so true, right? Yeah. So that's why I, I'm willing to, you know, invest in myself and go to these things. I actually got a message from a different loan officer that was just like, hey, I just wanted to, um, uh, wanted to say, you know, have a great time in Vegas. I had told him that I was coming. And he's like, man, I just love how 
you're just willing to just go and invest in yourself because you know that you're going to do the work that's going to take to be yeah. able to help. And when you say that you're the average of the five people, so many people just focus on one thing. So it's like finances, but it's like, no, if you're super fit and you're hanging out a bunch of people that are not fit, then that makes you the average of the other four, right? Absolutely. And so um, it's, it, I'm super excited to see who are the people that are going to come. And uh, question I, I was curious about is who, who are maybe one or a couple people that you'd consider like a mentor of you from either now or back in the day or? I mean, so many. I, I mean, like mentors are, are huge. So many that I can't even count. I, I always sought out mentorship for people that were good at what I wanted to be good at. People that would hold me accountable, people that would ask me tough questions, people that call my bullshit, and, um, you know. So it really had to depend on what area of life. And so, you know, I and some of the people that I that I help, I also ask their help. And yeah. So it, there's a I love peer mentorship, right? Because yeah. you get somebody that you know they may hire me to help them with certain things. I'm like, okay, but I need you to help me in this. And you know, I've got a, a buddy of mine that's helping me in just understanding real estate investing. Like, I've been around it for 20, 21 years, but I'm like, I, I want to understand it. Right, I really want to understand it, and so Anthony Vecino is helping me out with that, and you know uh, Bradley is, is is helping me understand sort of the recurring revenue business model through um, through um, online training. Mm-hmm. You know that's his business, and so you know we talk all the time. I help him with the speaking. He helps me with understanding how to even sell from stage, which is something I don't like doing. And so you know I've got a mentor that's been in my life for twenty seven years, uh, Elizabeth Hall, who was one of the most influential people ever to get me to think really differently. She's been uh, president of several different companies, worked at AT&T and uh, 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 healthcare companies. Liz Claiborne, she's been, she's incredible. And she challenges me in ways I've never been challenged. And so, yeah. What I, what I love about that is that so many people think that they just have to focus on like, man, this, who's my mentor? Who's my go-to person? Something that I talk about all the time is that <clears throat> it doesn't even have to be people that you, you know, physically meet. Sometimes, you know, uh, people like, I know that you used Jim Rohn's uh, mm-hmm. to teach on the, the goals coming into the new year. And that was so powerful. And it's like, you know, you'll never get to meet this guy. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, and it's just, but the stuff that he teaches, it's like this guy is a mentor to me. Absolutely. And um, and the other thing too is um, I heard John Maxwell speak a couple times last week, and he talks about and this guy. I didn't realize how old he was. He's like he's seventy five years old. Yeah. It's crazy. He's still going. He's still going, and he talks about. He's <clears throat> like, I can. The thing about leadership is that I can learn something that I'm not good at or that I don't know anything about from everybody here and and it's so many people forget that aspect of it because they think whether they're the ones mentoring somebody or whether they're getting mentored it's just it's just a one-way communication and 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 it goes both ways for sure so um what are some of the things that you're excited about this year in 2023 what am i excited about um we're we're going to be pushing really hard on really scaling the, the the business i mean we're we're having so much fun with social media and challenging ourselves to be innovative you know it's easy to be you know copy what's working and that's always you know trends are really good yeah it's important but then how do you innovate on those and yeah you know i told our group i said i want to be the one setting some of the trends and not because it's an ego thing but i want i really want to challenge our creativity i want to challenge those different things i want to look at how can we serve more people and me travel just a little bit less right and so you know we're looking at different models on, on all of that and 
of course, our business is is not an asset, right? So you know, I can't sell my business, yeah, uh, unfortunately. And so we're looking at how do you create more assets within our business, and that piece, which at the end of the day, still, how do we offer and maximize value to anybody who, who yeah. goes to our work? I want to reinvent Amplify. I mean, it's been working great, but what a great time to really take it to another level and make it clearer pre-work, post-work, um, different experiences within it so that people see that it's continually being refreshed and, and things like that. So a lot of fun stuff. I was going to uh, uh, make a joke and say the only way you can sell it is if you cloned yourself, but you kind of have done that in a way with uh, Amplify Academy, mm. um, with the little videos that you put that you're, you know, Click the button here. You know, yes or no. You're ready to you're ready to go. So, is that that's kind of what you're talking about? Um, Partially, some, yeah. Because yeah. you just started that how long ago? Like three months ago? Yeah, about two three months ago. Yeah, and it's uh, you just had your first call, right? Yeah, we did our first coaching call on that, and it's uh, that was fun. We did, you know, what's funny? We did our first um, big virtual event. We had 2,300 people yeah. come for that for three hours, and so we're doing our next one, amplify your sales. It's going to be a little bit more sales focused, and we're looking to get even more people. Yeah, and I, um, so I joined that, and I had my uh, two people on my team join it, and whenever you were like, um, uh, you said, anybody out there having watch parties, and I'm like, wait, we didn't have watch parties for this? So Alfred and I talked about, I'm like, do we just need to fill up a room um, of realtors and do like a lunch and learn? Totally. But, um, but just, you know, have them, especially if it's going to be about sales as well, too. Yeah. So I, I love it, man. So question, going back to the, the f average of the five people, what, so what is it that you look for in a friend for those, those five people? You know, so that's a really good question. So for friends, can I speak the truth to you? Yeah. That's, like the, not, not, that's what I look for. Can I speak my honest truth okay. to somebody? And I am a very real-time uh, truth speaker, meaning if you piss me off, you're going to know now. If I love something, you're going to know now. If I disagree, you're going to know now. I don't have a passive aggressive bone I'm a very directly aggressive yeah. person but with, from a place of love and if you don't let something fester and build up then it's not as intense and so but it can be overwhelming you, you ask Mo he knows <laughs> how immediately uh, how immediate the feedback comes within yeah. minutes of a post and if I don't like it he's gonna know if I don't agree with it he's gonna know but he also knows that I'm cheering him on as loudly as anybody you know we've We've, we've brought so much business to him because he deserves it. He's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's incredible. Yeah. And so, but those are my closest relationships with the ones that we can speak honest. Even my wife sometimes is like, babe, don't say that. I'm like, this is who I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell him I think he's fucking lying or I'm going to just, you know, it's how I am or I'm going to tell him I love him. Yeah. Whatever it is. And so, can I have an honest conversation? Are you pushing me to grow? Is another piece. Like, would you challenge me and would you speak the same truth to me if I'm off base? Mm -hmm. And do you have, do you love me enough to, to correct me if I'm wrong? Do you hold me to a higher standard? Because I also hold people to, to high standards. I believe it's a gift to hold somebody to a higher standard. And if I'm doing that, I also want you to hold me to a standard. Don't enable me to do stupid things, right? Because I, I have every tendency to also do stupid things too. And so hold me to a high standard. Let's both push each other to grow in some way, shape, or form. Do you bring something to the relationship that I don't? And can I bring something to your life that, that you don't there? And then, you know, the other pieces too, can, um, can we talk about life? What's yeah. the conversation like? And do they, are they, I don't like talking about people. It's one of the biggest things that I just don't like doing. Yeah. I like talking about ideas. I like talking about possibility. And, you know, the people know if, if, if a conversation goes too far of talking about people, I'm going to say, guys, you know, let's, what are we really talking about here? I, yeah. said, we, I mean, we're just talking about other people right now. I said, let's talk about something else. Yeah, that can really kill a conversation. Like, you know, I mean, that's one of the biggest uh, 
forms of like junk food that you can bring into a conversation is gossip. Love it though. Wow, they, they love do. it. Yeah, they do. Well, man, I those those were great answers. And one of the things, um, I mean, I think we have a lot of those in common. One of the things we do have in common is, um, which I'm curious because I feel like it's the bluntness part of it. I feel like it's something that I've really been trying to work on, mm -hmm. just because I I am like that. Like I'm pretty direct. Yeah. Um. So do you, you just embrace it and just kind of go at it, or like on my end, I'm always just like, oh, like. Well, I think you know, there's. I don't want to be rude or mean, and I don't want to cause pain with the bluntness. Yeah. But I think that to me, what I tell people is the biggest gift I'm going to give you from me is that you'll always know how I feel. And the gift isn't that I'm telling you; the gift is you'll never have to guess. That's and so, so if good. I haven't said it, and it's good. Yeah. Right. If somebody says Renee said, have you ever heard it from me? You know, I haven't. Yeah. I didn't say that. Right. And so, if I can be that honest with you, it's there. But I also know that there's a tact involved. Yeah. Right? You have to be tactful, and you have to care about the person to deliver truth in a really good way, yeah. in a loving way. And the more trust there is in a relationship, the easier that is to do. And you know, so a lot of framing is involved with the more difficult the truth is. And sometimes yeah. framing begins at the beginning of a relationship. Meaning, you know, I'm gonna, I have a good relationship with, with CEOs and clients, and I'll tell them, look, from time to time, I'm gonna know things from your organization, people. I need to be able to come talk to you about those things with one agreement that you won't get emotional and act on them. And they'll be like, yeah, perfect. And so I set that tone from the beginning. And let's say I, I hear something or I learn something and, and I come back and it's good, something that's important for him or her to understand. And I say, okay, here, I'm gonna give you some feedback. Here's what I'm hearing. What's the agreement? Can't get emotional and you can't act on it. So we talk about how to better the organization, make you a better leader as a result of this. And so that's the frame. Yeah. And so I put some parameters around it and we can have a really honest conversation. Yeah, that's so good. It makes me think of uh, what David Goggins says all the time. You know, he's, he probably makes us look like we're not blunt at all <laughs> the way he, he speaks. But he says, he says, I'd rather people hate me and knowing that I'm making them better with what I'm telling them. Yeah then they love me and they just stay the same. Yeah. That's so powerful. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming. Pleasure, I appreciate man. you. And uh, I can't wait to, to put this out there. And I can't wait to take the class again. Uh, going back to full circle of met you the first time in, here in Vegas in August of 2021, took the class in Fort Lauderdale a year from today, and we're, we're circling back around here in Vegas. It always comes back to Vegas, it seems like. Well, I'll tell you this, man. You know, we all, I was a big fan of, who you were when we first met, the level of discipline that you bring to everything that you do is it's inspiring, it's refreshing, and I know that you bring that same commitment not only to your fitness, to podcasting, but to your relationships with your clients. And so uh, it's an honor to do this, man. Thank you. I appreciate you. Where, where can people find you as well, too? Pretty simple. MeetRenee.com. Follow me on Instagram at LearnWithRenee. And you have a podcast as well. Yeah, we do, we're going season two, the Amplify podcast. And it's awesome. If people are trying to even remotely dive into this, I mean, that's a good way to start right there. Absolutely. Thank you so much, man, for coming on. Appreciate you. Thanks, yes, sir. Nice. Got there we go.